Welcome to the show. I'm Shane Norton, a.k.a. The Sports Card Nobody, and this is another episode of the Sports Card Nobody podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, how are you all feeling tonight? Are you hungover? Did you get to take in the Super Bowl? Did you go out, maybe have a, a party, make a whole bunch of food, wings and uh, potato skins, maybe some bagel bites? I don't know. All that wonderful junk food we get to eat on Super Bowl Sunday. I hope you did. I hope you got to have some really big gathering or just hang out with some close friends and family and really enjoy the big game. The Super Bowl is always an event. And, uh, man, they probably should make Mondays a national holiday at some point, right? I don't know. Thankfully for me, I uh, my normal weekend from work is Sunday and Monday, so I don't have to worry about that. I get off. I get the day off on Mondays, and I get to uh, sleep in, do whatever I want to do, and enjoy myself. But, yeah, that being said, I actually didn't do anything crazy for the Super Bowl. It was kind of an early night for the nobody household over here. Did the whole kids thing. Um, my wife really helped with that at least so I could watch the beginning of the game and and sort of, uh, you know, get my football on. And then the wife went to bed early. And it was really just me and a couple of beers watching the game, you know, getting to sort of just enjoy the event that is the Super Bowl. And we got a good game, didn't we? That's always nice. When your team's not in the race and the 49ers were uh, a little bit short of making that game. So it's wonderful when that happens that we can get a really good competitive football game. And I'm really stoked with what we got on the field. Uh, but yeah, so the Eagles and the Chiefs, the final two teams, arguably the two best teams in the NFL, got to the big show. And the Chiefs, the Kansas City Chiefs, I guess they're a dynasty now. Two Super Bowls in what, five years, something like that. Three Super Bowl appearances. Patrick Mahomes is now a multiple-time league MVP, a multiple-time Super Bowl MVP. I think he's the uh, the youngest person to ever have two MVPs and two Super Bowl MVPs uh, at this point in his career. Well on his way to justifying all of the hype. I think at this point, there's really no debate, right? Mahomes is in the argument for one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I mean, I don't think you're putting him there yet. He's definitely not uh, Brady. He's definitely not Montana. There's definitely other guys ahead of him, but he's cementing a legacy that few have done. The legendary Aaron Rodgers only won one Super Bowl. The legendary Brett Favre only won one Super Bowl. John Elway only won two. Mahomes has already done that with a lot of years ahead of him. So, yeah, obviously I think Mahomes is in that conversation. He uh, absolutely took that game over in the second half. They could not. I mean, the Eagles defense, the vaunted Eagles defense, just could do nothing to stop that Patrick Mahomes-led offense in the second half. They went into halftime with the Eagles leading by 10, and afterwards it was just really it was a beatdown. That second half was was brutal. If you were on the Eagles side of the fan base, and I know I've got uh, a couple people listening to this that for sure were, uh, just to be clear, I am not talking trash. I'm just saying what happened in the game, so relax. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, it, it was pretty rough that second half for the for the Eagles defense. Uh, I mean, really could even say for the majority of the game, the Eagles defense really did not do what people expected. I, if I, you know, not a single sack and a single turnover. They gave up something like six yards per carry on the run game. It uh, it didn't play out how some people thought it would. I'm gonna I'm gonna give myself a little bit of flowers here after watching the NFC Championship game. And again, the Eagles absolutely deserve to be in the Super Bowl. But I walked away from that game and I, I felt like, oof, this is probably the AFC Super Bowl to lose. 
you know, the, the 49ers didn't have a quarterback for that entire game. And I still, I, I, yeah, the score was kind of ugly, but I didn't think the Eagles truly dominated that game against the 49ers. Other than a couple of fluky things, they got shut out for the most part in the first half. So uh, I didn't walk away from it feeling too confident if I was an Eagles fan. And the game kind of played out. The Super Bowl did the way I thought it would, with an exception, though. I got to give massive kudos to Jalen Hurts. You know, I just gave a lot of praise to Patrick Mahomes, who's entering the conversation of, you know, one of the best ever. Listen, man, Jalen Hurts, yeah, he deserved to be in that game. I mean, the only reason the Eagles were truly in that game was because of what this what this young dude was doing, running all over the field. I think he was the only part of their run game that was actually truly effective. Um, you know, they have a, a very vaunted, celebrated run offense, but if it wasn't for him and what he was doing, uh, he, he was the offense. He was throwing bombs down the field. That was a real big question going into the game. Can Hurts throw a deep ball and throw it accurately? There were a couple throws that he made that I maybe got away with a few, thrown into double coverage, but listen, he threw a beauty to A.J. Brown. That was a a touchdown. He threw a beauty to uh, Devontae Smith that got caught for a big first down to Dallas. I mean, there were uh, he was just making every play you wanted him to make. They could not, the Chiefs defense could not stop that QB sneak on anything that was third or fourth and short, third and one, fourth and one. Obviously, the O-line gets a ton of credit for that for the Eagles, but you still got a pretty a pretty strong dude in Jalen Hurts who's got to be the one to, to push through that line and help help make that a success. And th- there was no answer for that, absolutely no answer. I was listening to Colin Cowherd's show, and he was wondering, uh, you know, is there going to be some rule coming into place to try to stop that sort of rugby lineup that the Eagles were running? You know, I, I don't know. Did Jalen Hurts and the Eagles possibly just change the rules of the game with the way they were playing? We'll see. But one hell of a game. One hell of a game. Jalen Hurts really would have won the Super Bowl MVP had they won the game, but Mahomes rightfully took down that took down that uh, um, award because his team, man, we're going to be watching Chiefs for a long time. You know what's funny is uh, the, the Chicago Bears, uh, whatever year it was that Mahomes was drafted, now it's kind of escaping me, but whatever year it was that they drafted him, they traded up, the Bears did, with the 49ers to take that pick, and they chose um, Mitchell Trubisky. And then Mahomes went a couple, you know, I don't know, however many picks later. You know what the 49ers get away with on that? Is the fact that they also did not draft Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Oof. Ugh. The 49ers get a lot of garbage for for taking Alex Smith number one over Aaron Rodgers, but I tell you what, it, in my opinion, we actually didn't lose out too much with Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, the one Super Bowl is huge. I wish the 49ers had won a Super Bowl in all that time. They'd been to two, but haven't won one. But nonetheless, uh, it seems like Patrick Mahomes was the real big miss there. Uh, what are you going to do? Sports are brutal. Uh, I've said this on the podcast the last couple of weeks leading up to it. You know, listen, there's what, 32 teams or whatever it is in the NFL. Only one gets to sit here with their head held high. All the rest of us are nothing better than second place and down and I don't know, whatever. I don't care if 49ers make it to the Super Bowl or the NFC Championship game. Ugh, you don't win, you don't win. It's still a brutal offseason. We'll see what the 49ers do with that good old quarterback uh, situation brewing this offseason. But yeah, anyway, that was the Super Bowl. Hell of a game. Uh, huge congratulations to any Chiefs fans out there. You really do have a dynasty. Ken Karens, the Wolfpack, shout out to you. Your, your Chiefs were able to take it down. So proud, proud, you know, uh, proud for you, my friend. Uh, you know, bummer for the Cousins, big Eagles fans. 
and a lot of Philly friends that I've got out there, it, it sucks. But, you know, sports are not nice. They are not a, it's tough. You got to have thick skin to be a sports fan. But anyway, all right, why don't we move on? It's enough about the Super Bowl. This isn't a Super Bowl show. This isn't a, even a sports show. This is a sports card show. So let's start to move on a little bit to some card conversations. I've got a pretty fun top five on the show today. I'm going to get to that. Um, it is Super Bowl related though, even though I'm trying to pivot from that, but I, I actually want to talk a little bit about, um, about some other things first. I'm actually going to, today's show, I'm going to end with the top five. This is a little bit of a Super Super Bowl hangover show. I don't have too much going on, but a few things I do want to talk about. Uh, so before I get to the top five, which I'm going to end the show with, did you all get to listen to last week's episode by chance? Um, I, I, I got to say, I am genuinely, genuinely proud of the way last week's podcast went. I had Jason and Aiden Mames. Uh, father and son, Jason is a retired army vet. Him and his 10 year old son, Aiden are very much in this hobby. Jason has turned a full-time career out of it after uh, being retired from the army and dealing with just a, a real, a real sour hand of health issues that came from being in the army and what he has been able to build a relationship with his son is really inspirational. I, if you haven't listened, I really highly encourage you go back and give that one, um, give that one a shot because Jason and Aiden are, in my opinion, what this hobby is and should be. The relationships that we form, the bonds that we forge, it's, I mean, that's what makes this whole entire thing that we do here just worthwhile. You know, we only get so many trips around the sun. I'm not going to get too, too deep into, into you know, a lot of philosophy here, but it's true. And what you can do with that time is important. The way you spend that time is what really makes everything we're doing here just worthwhile in some, you know, shape or form. And a lot of us, if you're listening to this, you have chosen to collect pieces of cardboard depicting athletes or Marvel characters or wrestlers, whatever it is you might collect, you have chosen to spend your time and your money in this hobby. It's awesome that we get all these these you know cards that we get to display and express ourselves with. But what's even better is that this hobby brings a lot of people together. Strangers, total strangers. I talk about the Wolf Pack. That includes Craig and Carmine of Crosstown Cardboard. Rob Gerard, the sports card therapist. The Cousins. Uh, cousin Tony, Cousin Oz of Cousins Collectibles. We've got DJ Sports Cards, our guy Dave. We've got Ken Karens of Sports Card Lessons. All of these people coming together, total strangers, and, and building friendships and rivalries, and all because of these things that we collect. Meanwhile, Jason and Aiden, a father and son duo who, who've really found a way to turn their lives around because of this hobby and, and, and just able to make an even deeper connection as a father and son duo, which is hard to imagine. Anyway, it, listen, it, it was a really, really good episode. I, I hope you did listen. And if you didn't, please go back of all of my shows, you know, I'm not trying to just sit here and pump up an episode that I did. I just, I was really proud of that. Those two were fantastic to talk to. They have such great stories. And I think those stories are worth hearing, but you know, um, one of the stories they did share, this is actually we're talking about back in the in the sports world that has a, you know, this has a pretty big impact. So Aiden 
partook in a, well, he was challenged by his father to basically do a Dallas card show trade challenge over the course of a year. And when, when it was all said and done, he pulled down a BGS 9.5 gem mint LeBron James refractor 2003 tops Chrome. That card is a monster, a monster card. And we were talking about it last week because I think it was going to be either that night or the next day or whatever it was that LeBron James was likely going to break the all-time scoring record. And the king did it. It's funny, man. When LeBron came out, I remember finding it to be a little bit arrogant when he entered the league and the big marketing uh, push was the, the witness um, advertisement, you know, marketing strategy or whatever. And I remember thinking, man, this, this kid's calling himself the king. What are we, witness, witness what? I mean, who knows if you're ever going to pan out? And geez, did he pan out or what, huh? Arguably, you know, the greatest player of all time, probably number two. If you talk to most people, goat conversations are impossible to, to truly define anyway, but whatever. I mean, you're he's in that conversation. He's the all-time scoring leader. I think he's number four all-time in assists. I mean, that is unbelievable. Uh, you know, did it in a loss, unfortunately. The uh, the Lakers lost. A whole lot of trade deadline, you know, flurries that, you know, maybe make the Lakers competitive to make the playoffs. We'll see, but it is, it, I'm pretty stoked that I got to witness, <laughs> got to witness LeBron James's career whenever it's all said and done here. He's probably got a few years left. A lot of haters out there. Go ahead and hate you know, live your, live your, your lives in that negative zone if you'd like. But I, I, I'm pretty stoked. Make it LeBron James, Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, Mike Tyson. There's a lot of really special athletes that have, that have, um, you know, given their all in my lifetime. And it's, it's, I'm pretty stoked living a good era of sports. Joe Montana, Joe Montana was, uh, you know, and right when I was born, I got to witness all that a little bit, which is pretty cool. Whatever, sports, man. You can talk about sports all day. But so yeah, pretty cool that Aiden pulled down that that LeBron James uh nine five refractor of the all time NBA scoring leader, one of the greatest uh, individual achievements you can possibly own in any team sport. So kudos to the king and kudos to Aiden. And thank you so much to both Aiden and Jason, for coming on the show. That was a really, truly one last week, a truly special one last week. All right. <clears throat> so why don't we get to, uh, to some more actual hobby-related conversation before I get into the top five. So <clears throat> I posted on Instagram fairly recently, uh, a couple days ago, whatever it was, that I have sold my very first comic book. I have been trying to figure out ways to, you know, people use the, the term level up or, you know, upgrade within the card hobby. I have absolutely decided that cards is my main hobby, my main collecting avenue. You know, it's I'm pretty much dedicating all of my hobby free time to this specifically. But, you know, my whole life was comic books. I grew up. Really, I don't remember not collecting comics. I don't remember not having a comic book in my hands or, or you know, standing inside of comic book shops for hours just staring at books I couldn't afford. I was always drawn to the characters, always drawn to the stories. And I mentioned in that post with that sale that I made that a lot of people will, will um, 
exhibit a negative stigma towards the comic book medium. You know, they'll claim that they're for kids or claim that they're the stories just aren't mature, that, um, you know, the, the funny pages or whatever they'll be referred to. You know, it's super, super common that you'll see this amongst, um, you know, people you talk to, friends, family, even in the mainstream. It's a lot of uh, a lot of big voices out there who have looked down disparagingly on the comic book medium. You know what? Each their own. I'm a wrestling fan. I've heard it all, baby. <laughs> so bring bring the heat. Doesn't matter to me. But really, for real, I, I grew up with a, a little bit of a, a void in terms of positive role models in my life. And I remember very distinctly looking at you know, at these different characters in these books and, and starting to form different ideas about the person that I eventually wanted to be. Even, you know, as a kid, I, I got myself into some trouble. You know, I won't go down too many, too many roads here on this podcast and this sports card podcast where I'm talking about comic books, but I got myself into some trouble as a kid, but I really always remember thinking to myself that I was a good person just making some mistakes. You know, there was never a question in my head that I was going to be Captain America or Superman or Batman. You know, these values, these moral compasses. I was going to figure that out. And I truly believe that for the most part I have. Now, people are complicated. Humans are complicated. Fictional characters can be black and white and simple and straight and narrow, you know, straight and narrow. But um, that's not true in the real world. But I always found it to be enormously beneficial to have those sort of fictional rocks to sort of cling to as something to give you a direction, to be an arrow, to be a role model, especially for someone that was lacking in role models. So comics really have a very special place for me. But uh, I, you know, I, after collecting for years, I really got heavy into collecting comic books. Uh, I mean, I guess right after college, especially when I started to get a little bit more disposable income, I started my career. I was making a steady paycheck. I was able to pay my bills and you know handle the things that I wanted to handle, and also start to be able to plan for the future. And, and when it was all said and done, when all that was said and done, I found that I had some money left over. You know, as a, a through high school and as a kid, I would figure out how to buy comics. But now it was a point where I could really dive in. I started to subscribe. I started to get books every single month. And it reached a point where, you know, I, I was reading these books, right? I wasn't just collecting the books. I was, I was reading these stories, taking in the character development, taking in these long-form stories that could play out over years. And I loved it. But I reached a point where it was happening uh, so aggressively that I could not keep up with reading the books, especially I started to go down rabbit holes of buying older books. You know, uh, I'm a huge Daredevil fan. So I went out and bought a lot of Daredevil comics, uh, you know, a hundred books or two, whatever, a couple hundred books. Same thing with Thor. And it was, I just found it was, you know, trying to read the backlog of all these stories and all the new books that I was trying to keep up with, it, it really became overwhelming and it reached a point where the books were just starting to pile up. You know, I would put on a, a to read pile before they would go into my boxes, you know, so that I know, okay, these are the books I have to read. And those just continued to pile up. And I reached a point where it got kind of obvious that I need to stop this. <laughs> I am doing nothing with these books and I'm not even reading them anymore. So eventually I organized them, put them, you know, all the books I hadn't read got bagged and boarded and put it into long boxes and there they sat and they sat and they sat 
And this was when I was living in Los Angeles and about, you know, three, a little over three years ago, moved back to Connecticut with my family and still the books sat and they continued to sit inside of those boxes. And meanwhile, my Hot Toys action figures obsession came and went and then the cards really came and came on heavy, really took over a chunk of my life. And still the comics sat. So I had an opportunity to buy a card a couple months back that I could not afford. And I started to try to figure out how I could afford it. A little uh, birdie was chirping in my ear. And I thought maybe it was time to sell the comic books. Now, I have a, a pretty heavy modern collection. You know, I don't have a ton of 60s stuff, you know, which is the Silver Age, especially when Marvel took off. I have a lot more Marvel books than DC. So, you know, I have some some good books, but I know that they don't capture the trading market in the same way that the 60s Silver Age or Golden Age or older books do. So I, I was worried about selling my books and you know, piecemealing it. I was worried about selling some of my older books that I know would garner attention and then ending up with a whole bunch of books I couldn't get rid of. So I thought maybe I would just sort of take the pennies on a dollar uh, hit and just sell the entire collection. If I could find a collector that was interested, maybe I could pull down a pretty good chunk of change, move them all in one fell swoop and not have to sort of slowly suffer the death of something I grew up with. So for a couple months now, I've, I've had the books listed. I had a couple conversations with people and it was worse than I thought it would be. I mean, the people trying to pay the pennies on a dollar was much more aggressive than I thought. I thought I could get a price that would be low, but I would be happy with nothing really even sniffed close to what I thought would be happy. So, uh, a couple days ago, I couldn't sleep one night for some reason. You know, those things happen. I have nights where I lay in bed and I just stare at the ceiling for hours and that was happening again. My mind started to race about different things and I started to think about the comic book collection again. And I thought maybe it was time to take the death by a thousand cuts. Maybe it was time to just start putting books on eBay one by one. So I got it. Was, it was something like two o'clock in the morning when I when I gave up trying to sleep and I came down to spend about an hour. I picked out a bunch of different books um, that I thought would comp well. I did some research. You know, I felt I have all the books in an app that's similar to Card Ladder for comics. It's called CLZ. Uh, you can you got to take it with a grain of salt what the values are. But nonetheless, it gave me a really good sort of roadmap about what to look at. And I pulled out a bunch of books. And I, you know, I started, okay, I guess I'm going to do this. So I, I pulled out my Daredevil number seven, the first appearance of Daredevil's red costume. He's battling Namor, the Submariner, really classic book. I, I bought this maybe 10, more than 10 years ago, for sure, um, 12 years ago. I don't even remember what I paid for it because I, I never once bought a book because I cared about the price. I bought a book because I loved the book. I loved the stories and I loved these freaking characters. So I, I couldn't even tell you what I paid for the book, but I knew it would be a sought after piece. It's a key comic. Did a little bit of research. You know, the book was worth about 200 bucks in the condition that it is. You know, it's a beat up book. It's got um, ding, you know, ripped corners. It's got tears in different pages. Nothing major. No major tears, but there are tears, little tiny ones. It's a damaged book. 
it's complete. I have every single page. I guess it is kind of common that some pages are missing from this particular book, but mine is complete. And I cherished owning this book for as long as I did. When I moved back to Connecticut, I did put up um, something like eight books or, or whatever on my wall here. And that was absolutely the first book I knew I was hanging up on my wall. So uh, I decided to post it. You know, I posted it at the $200 asking price. I woke up, you know, I, I took a nap basically by the time I was done doing that. And I woke up to a couple messages and long story short, I sold the book. I, uh, I think I got a fair price on it when it was all said and done with negotiations. The book shipped off this uh, today. I got it off in the mail and my first book sold and it was probably probably a top five easily top 10 most cherished book that I own and off it went. So, uh, I did actually sell another book before, before I shipped today. So I shipped two books today. The the second one I sold was Thor number one, uh, after Thor's journey, because uh, Thor was introduced in journey and a mystery. Uh, so he got his first self-titled book. It's him and Hercules facing off, uh, on the cover and yeah, Thor number one sold as well. That's like a $60 book. I think I got 60 bucks for it. So my first two books are now gone. The death by a thousand cuts is happening. I am making a huge decision to say goodbye to something that means a lot to me to start trying to figure out how to dive in deeper to something that means a lot to me now. And that is the cards. That's the sports cards. That's the wrestling cards. It was a decision that was a long time coming. I really wrestled with it. When I first made the decision to to post the entire collection, I mean, it was, it was tough to do that. And the months that it sat there and it lowered the price to to be honest, it was a part of me that was kind of happy that that people weren't going to buy it because if I was going to keep these books, eh, you know, I guess that wasn't going to be the worst loss of all time. But nonetheless, it has begun. If you are a comic book collector, you should reach out to me and uh, see what I've got. <laughs> Maybe there's something, some kind of deal we can work out with if, if you like some comics. But uh, yeah, you can reach out to me anytime you want. You know where to find me, right? I'm at Sports Card Nobody on Instagram. I'm at Sport Card Nobody on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook as well. So we can talk comics. We can talk books. We can talk um, shifting from one hobby to another because that's... That's a big chunk of what my life is, uh, is shifting from one obsession to the next. But uh, yeah, feel free to do that. And if you're digging any of this, anything I'm talking about here, my Super Bowl recaps, my my life recaps, uh, talking about all the cards, please let me know. Leave me a rating at your podcast hub of choice. Yeah, five stars would be absolutely phenomenal. If you think I'm worth it, that would be just fantastic. And if you are enjoying this and you want to help the show, Crow, the best thing you can do is share this. Share this with friends, share this with family, share this with anybody you think might care about anything I have to say here or anybody you think might want to buy some comic books from me. Because why not? <laughs> all right, so before I get into the top five, I have one more card update as I sell off all my comic books and, and continue to dive into cards. I have found that I've hit a, a little bit of a lull lately. You all know I'm trying to build a, a I guess, a premier level Bret Hart collection that has become my true 
goal in this hobby, especially for this year, um, 2023. I, I am hoping to, to end 2023 with something to look at my Bret Hart cards and, and go, wow, that is one of the best collections that I have ever seen. We'll see how that how that's going. Or we'll see how that goes. But how it's going right now is a little bit slow. And it's tough because I, I love being active in this hobby. I, I don't like not having mail days. I, I struggle with having mail days because I, you know, every dollar that I spend, right, is a dollar that I can't spend on a high-priced Bret Hart card. But I don't know. You know, it's the fleas that kill you, not the elephant, right? That's what... Uh, my my buddy Eric at work always says when we're troubleshooting and can't figure out why something doesn't work. It's always the fleas that kill you. And that's what happens when you have all these little mail days is it stops you from having a big mail day. Whatever. Uh, I wanted to stay active. And I got to be honest, as I was building out, building out some of my Bret Hart stuff, I was getting my hands on some of the WWE Chronicles cards. I got two of them. I got the base card numbered to 10. And I got the autograph, uh, I think the base auto numbered to 10. Now, the base card itself, the non-auto, I got that card first. And I saw this card pop, and I was blown away by the photo. It's a unique photo of Bret Hart. He's got that classic winged eagle WWF World Heavyweight Championship title on his waist. The the angle is just different. He's giving a, a really awesome, intense shout. It's a really phenomenal photograph of, of Brett. We have a lot of cards of Brett at this point, right? And we have a lot of them with him locking on the sharpshooter. I've got two next to me right now. The select gold ringside, boom, he's got the uh, the sharpshooter on. The gold prism, I've got it at PSA 10. It's a pop two, baby. He's got the sharpshooter on. Classic. I love it. I Give me all the sharpshooter cards, whatever. But it's nice to get a little bit of variety. Uh, but the other big pose that Brett is famous for, he's got the uh, the leather jacket on, the arms extended out, flat palms up, and he's sort of speaking to the crowd. You see that photo, uh, you see a version of that photo a lot. In particular, there's um, a, a, a very specific photo that we've seen now three different times. There's the 2015 Topps Chrome uses that picture. The, um, uh, what, what's the other one? I believe that there is a, chronicles version of it that uses it and then there's tops finest 2020 tops finest and then maybe i think one of the chronicles cards has it as well so the same exact photo has been used on three different sets from 2015 from 2020 all the way now to 2022 or 2023 whichever set it is that that it's in uh so it's just a little like i mean come on we can't mix this up we can't get different photos but this base card this Chronicles base card had a unique photo that really popped, and I was in love with it. So I got the card, and it came in. And the entire time, I had been a little skeptical of the Chronicles set. It's a little bit lower end. The paper product, I'm a, I'm a chromium product um, snob. So the paper product was kind of meant to be. But nonetheless, I was, I was going to get these cards um, because I'm trying to build out a special set, and they're number to 10, and they still have some unique qualities to them. So I got the card, and, and, and I was looking at it, and I, I felt similar in person as I did when I saw it on paper that the actual design, the Chronicles design, didn't blow me away. The top left of the card, there's the big uh, like serif font, sort of fancy C. On the bottom, it says Chronicles, you know, pretty big. In fact, let me pull the, pull the card out. Yeah, on the bottom, it says Chronicles in, in a pretty big font. Um, 
The gold doesn't really pop in these number to 10 cards. Chronicles is gold plated, but the rest of the card is hard to distinguish. You know, if you had the gold or the non-gold next to each other, they're kind of hard to distinguish. But the actual photo design is pretty cool because the, the wrestlers are are prominent in a photo and a colored version of the photo with whatever poser. And then there's a smaller to the left of them, black and white, tighter cropped version of that same photo right next to them. It's kind of a cool design with the photos, but the rest of it I was I was struggling with. And I posted that Bret Hart card on Instagram and I got some pretty good responses. And I got to be honest, somebody said something to me that started to reshape a little bit about how I felt about the card. Um, you know, I, I feel bad because I'm actually forgetting who said it now. I'll have to go back and look and maybe give them credit. But somebody pointed out that the design looks like a magazine. And I read that comment and then I came back to the card and looked at it. And you know what? They were, are 100% correct. This looks and feels exactly like a magazine. And to be honest, that might be the entire goal. Chronicles, you're chronicling something like a magazine. It never really dawned on me that that might be the whole point of the design. But it really started to reshape and reframe the way I thought about the cards and the design. And now it's really started to grow on me. Something about that one little comment completely changed the way that I thought about that card. Um, so as I'm looking at these, I, I can correct this now. So yeah, that same photo was in 2015 Topps Chrome, the same one with Brett in the leather jacket and his, his hands out. So 2015 Topps Chrome, 2020 Topps Finest. And yes, it's in this Chronicle set. The Bret Hart autograph uh, base auto has the same exact photo. So a 2022 card that's... I mean, we're almost 10 years worth of cards at this point, and the same photo has been used multiple times. It's silly. But anyway, back to, yeah, th this comment just really started to reframe the way I thought about this set, and it started to make me want to look into the set more. I don't know. I, it just it changed everything about the way I was thinking about it. Uh, so that kind of led me down to a little bit of a rabbit hole, looking up the different sets and looking up the different cards, and all this long-winded uh, ranting is to kind of get to the point that, I started to look at the season ticket cards, the contender season ticket insert in this set. There's two different versions. There's the base and then there's the auto. I was looking at the base cards. There's 10 wrestlers in there. Um, yeah, I won't name them all off right now, whatever. There's 10 wrestlers in there. But the first one that I had seen was the John Cena card. And that photo is just phenomenal. So it's a, it's a you, you know, I, I'll share, you, you can see it on my Instagram, but... It's a picture of John Cena holding the WWE title. Uh, at the time, I think it's the spinner version of it when he made that you know <laughs> popular for however many years. And he's in a steel cage. He's got veins popping out of his shoulder muscles, and he's really intense. And the, and the photo is of him through the fence. It frames him so nicely through the uh, you know the, the chain links there. It's just such a great shot. Just perfection, wrestling perfection. So I saw that one and it really started to make me fall in love with the season ticket, the contender season ticket set. Again, there's only 10 wrestlers. So this really got my brain thinking. I, I started to really appreciate the Chronicles set a lot more because of that simple magazine comment. I want an affordable chase. I started to look up these cards and there's only 10 and they were all falling in prices that I said, I can afford that. I can take my time with it. So I am now chasing the, uh, 
Chronicles Contender Season Ticket Base Set, number to 10, so the gold version, all 10 wrestlers. And that's keeping me busy. I've actually been quite busy. I've got more cards that will be popping on Instagram in the next couple of days, but I am now, I've purchased seven of the 10 already. I have, I think, five of them. Yeah, five of them in hand. I've, I've got the Asuka, the Finn Balor. I have the Brock Lesnar, the John Cena, and the Cody Rhodes. So yeah, Finn, Asuka, Brock, Cena, and Cody are all in hand. Charlotte is on her way, which will give me six. And AJ Styles was just purchased the other day. I, I think it shipped, or maybe it hasn't shipped yet. I don't know, but that should be here soon too. So seven of the ten. I'm missing Becky. I'm missing Alexa Bliss. And I am missing Edge. Alexa and Edge are currently on eBay. I got to be honest, the people are asked, the people's asking prices on those are a little high. I've tried to negotiate with no luck yet. So if you have, if you're a little bit more reasonable and you have one of these cards, let me know. Shout me a holler. Again, at SportsCardNobody on Instagram, at SportsCardNobody on Twitter. I would love to buy those cards from you. To complete this set, I'm only three away. I have yet to see a Becky. Gelman, you out there, are you listening? You you know everything about Becky cards. If you got extra Becky contender season ticket gold, let me know. Anyway, so that long rant is really just to share. I mean, that's what I'm up to in the hobby right now. I continue to try to plug away at the Bret Hart collection. But in the meantime, I am staying active and busy with this fun little chase of a set that really I never expected to be chasing anything except Bret Hart cards out of. Pretty cool stuff. You know, it's it's really, that's another big thing about this hobby, right? It I highly encourage you Get into the content creation part of this hobby. I don't care if it's a podcast. I don't care if it's an Instagram. I don't care if it's a Twitter. I don't care if it's a YouTube channel. Whatever it is, it's awesome to share what you're doing and and find a way to communicate and interact with other people. If somebody doesn't make that simple magazine comment to me, I might have never realized how much this set actually appeals to me. And that's awesome. I'm happy that that happened. I'm happy that it, it helped me chase down a new chase. It helped me appreciate that Bret Hart card more than I had previously. Even when I bought it, I only bought it because it was number to 10 and it was a cool photo. Turns out I actually I actually liked the design a lot more than I thought. I even went out and bought a Triple H version. <laughs> That's how much I started to really like the set. Um, when I bought the Cody Rhodes, I believe it was, maybe the John Cena, whatever it is, I was able to work at a deal to include the Triple H Chronicles base card number to 10 as well. Really phenomenal photo on there. This set is something else. I... I Kudos to Panini. I was sleeping on this set. It's much cooler than I expected. But all right, we're pushing 40 minutes here. Why don't we start to wrap this thing up? Like I said, I've got a top five here. Maybe you're going to like it. Maybe you're going to hate it. I don't know. Again, let me know. Leave me a review. Do all those sorts of things. And and maybe I'll not do this type of top five again. But nonetheless, the Super Bowl has come and gone. The Super Bowl was fantastic. The Super Bowl was the Super Bowl. Well, what does that mean? It means that the Super Bowl was an event. It was massive. It was huge. The commercials and, of course, the halftime show. Ladies and gentlemen, truth be told, I never really care about the halftime show. I don't like that we have to wait half an hour to get back to football. I just want the football. And the, and the halftime shows are usually something I'm dreading more than looking forward to. In fact, I think that's true almost every year. But nonetheless, sometimes I've been so gleefully surprised because the halftime shows will bring something to the table that I didn't expect or just, you know, music. Music's awesome. If I'm not 
too many beers deep and I'm able to pay attention or I'm not too upset because the 49ers are blowing it against the Chiefs or the Ravens or whatever. Okay. Anyway, halftime shows. People really look forward to them though, right? And I thought it would be fun for this top five to do a little uh, countdown of the greatest halftime shows of all time, according to me, an absolute nobody who you are going to eviscerate this opinion, I'm sure. Please have at it. But this is going to be my top five Super Bowl halftime shows of all time. We're going to start with number five, 2015 Katy Perry. I bet there's a lot of you stopping immediately going, what? Katy Perry? Listen, first and foremost, Lenny Kravitz and Missy Elliott were there. Missy Elliott, I think, did two or three of her own songs, which was awesome. There was the incredible pageantry of the whole thing, including Katy coming out on a giant bronze or gold lion, whatever it was, singing Roar. I mean, what's more appropriate than that? Yeah, listen, all that's really cool. Lenny, you know, Missy, lines, whatever. This is on the list because of one person alone. That's Left Shark, ladies and gentlemen. You remember Left Shark, probably the greatest dance performance in the history of Super Bowl? Come on. <laughs> it's funny. I got to uh, work on a, a live awards-type show event once as the Steadicam operator, and I did it with Debbie Allen, who was a legendary choreographer of these sorts of things. And I know how much work goes into getting this right and perfecting everything. And wouldn't you know it, Left Shark doing his own thing, being a crazy shark. That funny meme thing makes this one of the most memorable halftime shows of all time. Um, I am here for it. Number five, Katy Perry. I should change that. Number five, Left Shark, greatest halftime show performance of all time. Number four, the Queen Bee, Beyonce, probably just 2013. She just now got named the GOAT, right? More Grammys than anybody ever. Listen, I, I don't know. This is on the list because I was there. <laughs> I got to go to that 2013 Super Bowl. I went as a fan to watch the 49ers lose to the Ravens. It was very expensive. I was just talking today in the Wolfpack chat about how, you know, the, I think I spent like four grand to go to that Super Bowl. <laughs> um, if I had at that time instead bought, I, th- I think I could have bought 10 uh, uh, Topps Chrome LeBron James rookie cards, PSA 10s. Let's just say that would have worked out a little bit better than the way the Super Bowl did. But anyway, I got to see Queen Bee, Beyonce, perform live. That's pretty dope. You know, she's a goat. Re- she uh, reunited with Destiny's Child. That was a huge moment in music. My view wasn't great. We, we had like a side view. I was in one of the end zones. I was I was above the 49ers end zone. She was facing to our left, so we saw the side of the set, I guess. Whatever. I got to see Beyonce live, and so she makes the show. 2013, the lights went out that year. It was, it was something. All right, number three, probably the first real one on the list. I, I bet you people actually think Beyonce deserves to be on there. I'm being a little bit uh, jaded because we lost that Super Bowl. Anyway, number three, all right, well, some people might argue this should be higher. This is where it lands for me, 1993 Michael Jackson. This is still talked about as one of the most watched moments ever I don't know if if you didn't grow up in this era, it's hard to explain Michael's hold over the music world. He was about as famous as anybody that ever lived. He was ahead of his time. One of the greatest choreographers, just producers ever when it comes to entertainment, not just the music, but the dancing just changed the game. He was the king of pop for a reason. And that 1993 halftime show really put a spotlight on the Super Bowl that really truly made it feel like a world event. So Michael Jackson in 1993 lands here at number three. Number two, now this one is here, and this is this is pure bias, and this is going to be biased for anything when you're talking music, but whatever. This was the only show I legitimately was excited for. 
and that was 2022's show with Dr. Dre and friends, Dr. Dre and company, Dr. Dre and just, man, this was an early 2000s high school nostalgia, just dopamine hit. Dr. Dre with Mary J. Blige, 50 Cent, Snoop Dogg, oh, we had Kendrick Lamar, and listen, in my opinion, the greatest rapper of all time, Eminem. Whatever. I, there's going to be a lot of debates there for me. I, Eminem, his music resonates with me, unlike many other artists of any type of music. So getting to see that was just absolutely phenomenal and Legitimately, I think this was the first and only time I said, I can't wait to see the, the Super Bowl halftime show. This is going to be something. So number two, Dr. Dre and, and just that entire entourage of hip hop legends. Number one, I think this is unanimous. I, I don't think that a lot of people are going to argue with me on this one, but it's 2007's Prince performance at the Super Bowl halftime. I, I mean, you can look up any list ever. This constantly hits the number one spot. Prince's charisma was just, <laughs> that dude was an, an enigma. He just, every bit of his unique energy was captivated in that show. He played a lot of his own hits. He did like a history of music playing, you know, covering a, a bunch of different songs, you know, I think all over the Watchtower or all, all along the Watchtower. Uh, I think he played a Foo Fighters song. And, oh, by the way, it was raining over there in Miami. Something about Prince in the rain. Singing Purple Rain, I don't think it gets any better than that. Number one on this list, congratulations to the late legendary artist that was Prince. You have made it here on this nobody's list. Number one of the greatest halftime shows of all time. Why don't we talk a little bit of cards, though? Listen, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know much about music cards. <laughs> Looking this up a little bit was was actually kind of a fun treat for me because I don't I don't collect i don't have a single music card ever i in fact even before i get into the card i'm going to talk about if you are a music collector and you you have any prince cards or any cards of anybody that's on this list i would love to see them you should definitely tag me in some instagram posts at sports card nobody or on twitter at sport card nobody i would love to see some of your music cards uh i think we're actually having conversations in the wolf pack maybe in the future we're gonna do a month where we we do some non-sports cards things i think music is on that list and i can't wait to see what comes out of that because this is an area of cards that i am severely lacking so i got to do a little bit of research for this for prince and i think what is maybe considered his rookie card or at least really early on i think on the trading card databases where i found this one and that's the 1979 Warner Brothers Records number 76. This card is just phenomenal. <laughs> if you're a Prince guy or gal, this card is just going to sing to you. This is this dude is a young man. He's got a full gorgeous head of hair and it is just out. He's got the mustache and no shirt on. Slender body with a little bit of hair in the middle of his chest just oozing. That Prince whatever charisma whatever that dude had it is something the 1979 warner brothers records number 76 <coughs> excuse me uh that goes for approximately 500 to a thousand bucks i think you can get it for 900 bucks there's one on ebay right now as of this recording i think it might be your best offer so go negotiate the hell out of that and get that thing for a song get it because it's prince song <laughs> i'm hilarious Anyway, 1979 Warner Brothers Records number 76 for Mr. Prince himself. Why don't we recap? 
the top five greatest Super Bowl halftime shows of all time. Number five, Katy Perry in 2015. Number four, the Queen Bee herself, Beyonce, with Destiny's Child in 2013. Number three, Michael Jackson in 1993. Number two, Dr. Dre in that insane lineup of hip-hop artists in 2022. And number one, Prince. The greatest halftime show of all time. Ladies and gentlemen, what do you think about that list? I've said it a million times. You know where to find me on Instagram. You know where to find me on Twitter. You know where to find and do the reviews and all that sort of stuff. I would love to know what you think about that list. This one is, this one's, I don't know. As someone who doesn't like the halftime shows, it was interesting trying to tackle this and doing a little bit of research and going down the the history of the shows. There's a lot of big ones left off here. Paul McCartney, ever heard of him? The Beatles didn't make this list. Uh, Madonna, you know, she's pretty famous. Lady Gaga, I remember people going Gaga over Gaga for that Super Bowl halftime show. Shakira and Jennifer Lopez, that was something. And oh, mm, Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake. Yeah, I didn't go with Nipplegate. Anyway, that's the show, ladies and gentlemen. That's all I got. That's uh, what's going on in my world, Super Bowl. Chiefs, Dynasty, whatever. Thank you so much for listening. As always, please go back and listen to last week's show if you have not. you got to learn about... Uh, just go listen to those two, father and son duo, and their inspirational, incredible stories. Ladies and gentlemen, have a good night. <laughs>